0: This message was recorded at Fillmore Baptist Church in Princeton, Louisiana. Our goal is to faithfully preach the Word of God for the salvation of sinners, the strengthening of believers, and the glory of God. Please visit our website at www.fillmorebaptist.org and listen for more information at the conclusion of this message.
1: Father, we do thank you, Lord, for bringing us here tonight, giving us another uh, bit of time together here, Lord, for corporate prayer, study. Lord, uh, thank you for the privilege of being able to intercede for others in need, and we ask for your wisdom in reaching out and serving in whatever ways, whatever capacity you would have us to. Lord, give us wisdom, carrying the gospel to this community and beyond as you will. Lord, help us tonight as we look at the passage that we have to study for tonight. We ask for wisdom, we ask for understanding, so that we may grasp uh, the truth before us and so that we may have your wisdom to apply it properly. May it all work for your glory and honor, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, Leslie. Let me keep one of these. Get however many you need there. All right. Have a a little bit of a, a handout. It's not much, but I think it'll still help. So Leslie's going to run that for me real quick. Um, and if you would turn to First Timothy chapter 3, a whole lot on this handout, because uh, <laughs> Leslie makes fun of me with my notes anyway, so uh, it's not comprehensive or anything like that, it's just just, uh, <laughs> just a few terms. <clears throat> like I say, I think it'll be helpful, though. Bear with me one moment here, one more thing I want to pull up here. Okay. First Timothy chapter three. Now I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna read. Uh, in fact, I think I'm gonna go ahead. We're not gonna cover all of this tonight, but I think I'm gonna go ahead and uh, and read all the way through verse thirteen because I'll be making mention of some of these things, and then we'll come back come back and deal with them. And of course. We're talking about uh, church leadership here, or um, some use the word offices, offices in the church. Um, we'll talk more about that in a moment. And again, this is in the context of what we what we've said many times, verse fifteen, chapter three, verse fifteen, where Paul ex- explains his reason for writing to Timothy, so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the household. Of God, which is the Church of the Living God, the pillar and the ground of the truth. So He's giving instruction to Christians on how to operate as a church. And re- remember, when we began um, this uh, this whole study, even even before we got into Timothy, we were talking about the church and uh, aspects of church life. And we began uh, sometime back in January, I think, by Focusing quite a bit on the on the church as a whole, uh, church universal. Well, remember here we're we're really honing in on the local church. So this is good instruction for uh, churches like Fillmore Baptist Church, local gatherings of believers. Okay, chapter three, verse one. This is a faithful saying. If a man desires the position of bishop, he desires. A good work. A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, temperate, sober-minded, of good behavior, hospitable, able to teach, not given to wine, not violent, not greedy for money, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not covetous, one who rules his own house well, having his children in submission with all reverence, For if a man does not know how to rule his own house, how will he take care of the church of God? Not a novice, lest being puffed up with pride, he fall into the same condemnation as the devil. Moreover, he must have a good testimony among those who are outside, lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. Likewise, deacons must be reverent, not double-tongued, not given to much wine, Not greedy for money, holding the mystery of the faith with a pure conscience. But let these also first be tested. Then let them serve as deacons, being found blameless. Likewise, their wives must be reverent, not slanderers, temperate, faithful in all things. Let deacons be the husbands of one wife, ruling their children and their own houses well. For those who have served well as deacons obtain for themselves a good standing and great boldness in the faith which is in Christ Jesus. Okay, um, like I say, we won't deal with all that tonight, but we'll probably mention a few things here and there. So, just uh, wanted to get, get all that at one time so you can see where we're going, what we're talking about um, specifically uh, to use the uh, King James language here, bishops and deacons, all right? Uh, what has traditionally been called uh, the two offices of the church. local ch- Again, remember we're talking about local church. There, there are other offices that come into play. Uh, for example, if, if you're talking about the whole church, the church universal, for example, the office of apostle, <laughs> uh, there, there were the... Uh, The twelve apostles, or at least twelve, let's say it that way. Twelve apostles. Um, There are evangelists. Um, Ephesians 4, you have there listed. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, um, and then pastor slash teacher. All right? So, there, there are other... Other functions that you may also think of as, as offices, but here we're talking specifically about the organization of the local body, offices or functions within the local body. Now, let me give you kind of the the, uh, the traditional uh, Baptist view here, and this this is printed at the top of this page that Leslie uh, gave you, and and uh, this is from the 2000 Baptist Faith. And message. Um, Most of these modern American uh, confessions, like like 2000 Baptist Faith and Message, you 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 well you can trace back to uh, post Reformation. But as far as the American experience, you can trace back to the to the New Hampshire Confession. They don't usually veer a lot from that. That's a very popular one. It it is the confession of Fillmore Baptist Church. Uh, Thanks to uh, 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 Miss Joe and uh, Brother Freddie, they gave me some paperwork um, from when the when the church was first formed, and and uh, they used the uh, I think it's the Pendleton Manual, uh, and they adopted the confession and they adopted the church covenant. So the the covenant and the confession in that manual are the official. Covenant and uh, Confession of Fillmore Baptist Church, unless it changed somewhere down the line, but they didn't indicate that it had. Uh, the confession is, is, and I'm just giving you a little FYI here, just info, info uh, in case you want to look into it further. But the, the confession is, again, is essentially the New Hampshire confession. And the 2000 Baptist Faith and Message is is. Very similar, very similar. Okay, here's what the 2000 Baptist Faith and Message says regarding the church, and specifically what I want you to note here is, uh, is the last part of it when it mentions the church offices or officers. A New Testament church of the Lord Jesus Christ is an autonomous local congregation of baptized believers associated by covenant "...in the faith and fellowship of the gospel, observing the two ordinances of Christ, governed by His laws, exercising the gifts, rights, and privileges invested in them by His word, and seeking to extend the gospel to the ends of the earth. Each congregation operates under the lordship of Christ through democratic processes, processes, sorry, in, in such a congregation, each member is responsible and accountable to Christ as Lord. Its scriptural officers are pastors and deacons. And I like to say, this statement here is, is, this is uh, basically the historic bad dispute. Its scriptural officers are pastors and deacons. While both men and women are gifted for service in the church, the office of pastor is limited to men as qualified by Scripture. And we talked some about that last week. All right, so let me go back to this phrase here. Um, the uh, in, in giving a description of the New Testament church, <clears throat> this, this uh, article, Article 6 from the 2000 Baptist Faith and Message, points out, rightly so, scripturally, that um, a local congregation is autonomous, that means it's self-governing. You know, we don't we don't have we people in the Southern Baptist Convention. You know, joke about uh, Nashville being the you know, the Vatican and all this of the Southern Baptists and all this and that kind of thing. <laughs> but but there really is no body outside the local church that governs the local church. Now, that's been Baptist polity for you know 500 years or whatever. Um, So, uh, they're self-governing, autonomous. And and again, I think that's scriptural. Um, It's made up of baptized believers, associated by covenant in the faith, very important. Uh, Faith and fellowship of the gospel. So, it's in other words, it's gospel-centered. Observing the two ordinances, that's a reference to baptism and the Lord's Supper. So, so they're saying this, this is essential to a local church, as, as we understand from the Scripture. Um, autonomous local body of believers associated by covenant, fellowship of the gospel, observing the two ordinances, again, baptism and, and of the Lord's Supper. And goes on to say each congregation operates under the Lordship of Christ, that's first and foremost, obviously. Um, Christ is the head of the church. When you talk about the church universal, Christ is the head. He's the shepherd with a capital S. And as we're going to see in a moment here, the, the word shepherd used in Scripture is uh, synonymous with the word pastor. The word pastor comes from the Latin, but uh, it's the idea of shepherd. Shepherd. and And Jesus is shepherd with a capital S. He is the shepherd. The, Or you could say pastor with a capital P. He is the pastor. So, a local congregation operates under the lordship of Christ through democratic processes. Now, that part right there, um, I understand what they're saying. Uh, traditionally, Baptist churches uh, are basically congregational um, as far as polity, um, but uh, Let me just say that's pretty Americanized, right there. I think Um, lordship of Christ. Let's see, congregation operates under the lordship of Christ through democratic processes. Uh, I prefer to think of it as a theocracy. God is the head, (laughs) and and the rest of us, um, uh, our our business is to do His will. Now, now He does He does set things up in a certain order, and, and that's what we're going to talk about tonight. And probably next week, too. But Jesus is Lord. He, he is Lord over the church. In such a congregation, each member is responsible and accountable to Christ as Lord. Each member is responsible and accountable to Christ as Lord. Now, again, we're going we're gonna to see what we're going to be looking at here in 1 Timothy 3. Is that he, he, the Lord has set up a structure. There are positions of authority. But that, that doesn't mean... That uh, each individual member is not accountable to Christ. First and foremost, again, you are accountable to Christ Himself. That's good news. I mean, you don't, you don't really it is. But you, you don't have to go through a, a, a as, as far as, you know, your, your dealings with, with Christ, you don't have to go through. A pastor. You don't have to go through a priest. You don't have to, uh, you know, go through any other mediator. There's one mediator between God and man. Now, we'll see. There are functions for certain purposes, but we're all accountable directly to Christ, to Him. So, the local church, it goes on to say, officers are, its scriptural officers are, pastors and deacons. Now, obviously, the... Re- The reason that Baptists have, uh, as as well as others, I'm saying Baptists, they're not the only ones, but uh, one reason Baptists have pointed this out is because uh, of bodies such as, uh, let's say, the Roman Catholic Church who who have other officers as well, like Bishop, which they're implying here is not scriptural. And, And I agree, it is not scriptural. And I'll explain that in a moment. Because I know you're probably saying, well, you just read in 1 Timothy 3 the word bishop. Uh, yes, but uh, we'll come back to that. So, it's scriptural officers are pastors and deacons. That's what we're going to start at tonight, hit on tonight. I just wanted to show you that that, that view that's stated there in the 2000 Baptist Faith and Message is uh, widely accepted. Um, Again, I think scriptural and uh, has been historically has been the Baptist position, so you 've got a local body uh, autonomous body again just means self governing uh, nobody outside um, the church governs the church. Uh, I remember when we were up at uh, at Germantown uh, i wasn 't happy with the uh, the Sunday school material that they were using, you know, this was shortly after we, we went there, took the pastor there. And we, we, I used it for a while because the book they were using was, uh, of course, put out by Lifeway. <clears throat> and uh, it, at least it did, the one they had picked out, at least it did just go through books of the Bible. So that, so that was good. So I kept using it for a while. I just wasn't crazy about the way the book was set up and the commentary in it and all that. So after a period of time, you know, we finished a, a you know, one of the, one quarter, I guess it was. We finished, and and uh, I had purchased. Uh, well, it was it was probably that book we're using now here. I, th- I think is what it was. The uh, twenty basic beliefs uh, that every Christian should know, and uh, so I I told them in a meeting, you know this. That's what we're going to do. We're not going to reorder the Sunday School material, the Lifeway material. We're going to, we're going to go through this book here, you know, and, and uh, you know, hand goes up. And is this approved? Somebody asked, is this approved by the uh, Southern Baptist Convention? <laughs> and uh, I said, well, you know, uh, I don't know. And here's the thing, and I'm not making fun. I think I just I think there's a lot of misunderstanding on this issue. Um. It's up to the local church body to run the local church. Uh, nobody in Nashville or in Alexandria or anywhere else tells Germantown Baptist or Fillmore Baptist or First Baptist Halton or any other church in the convention how to operate. Baptist, not just Southern Baptist, but most Baptist churches are. Autonomous. God has given, and, and this, this is where this comes from. We, we, we believe that the Scripture teaches that God has given sufficient gifting and leadership for each body, for each local body. He has supplied each local body with what they need to do what He's commissioned them to do. Uh, and so there's nobody for us to report to. So nobody says, now LifeWay and, and organizations like that, they do a great thing by helping churches by saying, here, we produce material and if you want to use it, we make it available. And uh, that's a great service. But, it, but it's not something mandatory. And, you know, there's, there's nobody outside this church that has that kind of control, okay? And uh, hopefully you'll kind of see why as we go through here. Because God gifts each each body to do what's, what they need to do. Now, that doesn't mean we're independent. I mean, we need each other. We need other Christians in other places. We need their prayers. We need their support. Um, we can get ideas from them. Um, just like, uh, you know, I just mentioned that I picked out a book to go through. Well, I'm see, I'm... I'm just by reading a book or going through a book, you're getting help from somebody else in the in the universal church. So we need each other's help, but but uh, we govern our own body under the Lord Jesus Christ. We we follow His headship. Okay, verse one. This is a faithful saying. If a man desires the position of bishop, now the word desires there is the idea of uh, like reaching or stretching forward to. And I want to point that out because uh, I think that's how the, the call works. A lot of times, um, when, when we think about calling, we, we probably make it a little too mystical a lot of times. Um, God gifts individuals a certain way. He, uh, he 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 makes them a certain way, their personality a certain way, and, and usually, usually, well, I think always, but fits them for what he's called them to do. So there doesn't you know need to be like skywriting or something like that for somebody to figure out what God is calling them to do. They 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 need to just operate. And and, uh, and find out how they're how they're gifted. I mean, it will manifest whether whether they uh, realize it right off the bat or not. Okay, so so Paul doesn't say here. That's why I'm kind of kind of pointing this out. He doesn't say if anybody feels called to be a bishop. Now I do think it's a calling, but I, but I still want to notice here the the uh, well the scriptural wording how the Holy Spirit has worded this. If any man stretches forward to, reaches far, desires, that's the idea, you you desire it, you you want to be a bishop. Paul says he desires good work. That's a good thing. In other words, he's saying, God, that's that's evidence of calling. God puts that desire in you. It's not necessarily, uh, maybe not ever, a a mystical uh, thing. It is God putting the desire in you and um, confirming that by gifting you to do what He's given you the desire to do. All right? So Paul says if a man desires the position of a bishop, he desires a good work. Now, Here's where I need to to, uh, get to the terms you have on the sheet here. And I was going to put Scripture on here, too, and I I ran out of time. But I'm going to give you some Scripture, and and you can write them down if you've got a pen or a pencil uh, just under the words that I'm going to give you. Try to make sure that I'm, hopefully, that I'm not overlooking... Anything here? Yeah. Okay. First of all, the position of a bishop. Now, I said earlier that there are groups. The Episcopalian Church, which is... Episcopalian is the is the American version of the Anglican community. The Anglican Church. Church of England is what it is. <clears throat> In America, it's called the Episcopal Church Church. Um, Episcopal Church has bishops. Roman Catholic Church has bishops. Um, some Baptist churches, I've seen them, have, have, they use the title bishop, you know, so-and-so, and this and that. Traditionally, Baptists have recognized two scriptural offices, pastor and deacon. Why is that when it clearly says bishop Here. Because the word here is episkopos or episcopace rather, overseer. It means overseer. Um, overseer would be a, a, a better translation. That's what the word literally means. Epi is, is the idea of you know over above, and scope is where we get our word scope. Overseer, ep, Episcopase. where the word episcopal comes from. So, what Paul is saying is if a man desires the position of an overseer. Now, today we call that a pastor. Now, the old King James used the word bishop. Um, translated it using the word bishop, I think, probably because of the times. Uh, England at that time was back and forth between Protestantism and, and uh, Catholicism. And uh, at any rate, both of them had bishops. Uh, the, the Church of England had bishops. The Roman Catholics had bishops. Um, why the new King James stuck with that word, I, I don't know. But uh, if you look, for example, I, I think the, uh, the ESV uses uh, overseer. Um, and, and, it, and it is a more of a transliteration, I think a better, a better translation. So, he's talking about an overseer. Now... There are um, three terms you're looking at here, one, two, and three. Synonymous terms used in Scripture. Overseer, elder, which is usually plural when you see it in the Scripture. Uh, if not always, maybe always, but I know usually it's plural. Overseer, elders, and pastor all refer to the same thing. Like I said, if you're looking at an uh, old King James or a new King James, instead of overseer, you see bishop. But, but it's talking about the same thing. So uh, overseer, elders, pastor, same office. same office. Or same function. They're synonymous terms. So for example, I'm going to go back to the Baptist faith and message for just a moment here. It's scriptural, talking about the local church. It's scriptural. officers are pastors and deacons. That word pastor's there. It's the word we use today most commonly. But it, 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 when you see in the Scripture, when you see the term bishop or overseer, or when you see the term elder or pastor, it's, it's all talking about what they are meaning in that one word, pastor. Now, the old, the older confessions did use the the term elder. And uh, frankly, I wish they had stuck with it. But um, most people today use the term pastor. So in the 2000... Baptist faith and message, you've got the word pastor. Not a bad word. It's just, it's just uh, not as often, as commonly used in Scripture. It's correct. It's used in, in uh, Ephesians 4. Uh, elder is used repeatedly in the Scripture. You know, we're going to see that. It's used repeatedly. Pastor in the noun form is used one time. One time. It's Ephesians 4. It's used a lot of times, but I mean, it's usually referring to Jesus or, uh, or a literal uh, shepherd, like, you know, like in Luke 2 when the uh, birth of Christ is, is announced. But as, as far as referring to officers in the church, it's used one time. That's in Ephesians 4. Uh, in fact, let me, let me give you that. Since you've got your pens and your pencils ready, let me give you that reference and you can, you can write it down. I think it's verse 11. Ephesians 4 Yeah, Ephesians 4:11 He himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers, and their um, pastor teacher is, is one function. So you've got four functions mentioned in Ephesians 4:11. Uh, uh apostles, prophets, evangelists, and pastor/teacher. And that pastor slash teacher right there, the same thing as an elder, same thing as an overseer, describing the same function. Alright, so those are synonymous terms. Overseer, or again, if you've got an old King James, it'll be translated bishop, but if it says bishop or overseer, is the same thing as an elder, is the same thing as a pastor. Flip, flip over to uh, Acts twenty. We're running out of time fast here. Acts twenty, and here Paul is uh, has called together the uh, elders from the church at Ephesus, which, by the way, is the same church we're talking about in First Timothy. And he's kind of giving them his uh, his farewell address here and warning them. Of uh, things to come. And look at verse twenty-eight. Here he is talking to the elders. Uh, in fact, look at verse seventeen for a minute, just so that you'll see that's who he's talking to. From from Miletus, he sent to Ephesus and called for the elders of the church. That word "elders" there's the Greek word presbyteros. It's where we where we get our uh, word Presbyterian or presbytery. Um, That's the word for elder. So, Paul called for the elders of the church from Ephesus. So, he's now speaking to the elders. And again, notice it's plural. The elders from Ephesus, from the church at Ephesus. In verse 28, he says to them, Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Bob, how is that translated into Old King James right there? Yeah. Okay, okay. I wasn't sure. I couldn't remember on that one. But uh, that's, that's the same word used over in 1 uh, Timothy 3, 1. But there it's translated bishop. Okay. Um, so, therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, to shepherd, that's the word, pastor, Except it's verb form here. To shepherd, to pastor, you could, you could say, you could translate it, to pastor the church of God which he purchased with his own blood. And what I want you to see here is that all three terms are applied to the same people. In verse 17, he uses the term elders, presbyteros, the elders of the church at Ephesus. This is who he's talking to. Addressing the elders, he says, Take heed to yourselves and to the flock, verse 28. Take heed to yourselves and to the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, episcopes. The Holy Spirit has made you overseers of the church. And take heed to do what? Shepherd. It's the word pastor. Shepherd the, the church of God. So there, like I said, that's in the verb form, so he's describing their function. And I'll always describe it this way. helps me. And uh, what, what does a shepherd do? Well, why do we use the term pastor? Why does the Scripture use the term pastor? What, what does a shepherd do? Shepherd leads, feeds, and protects. Leads, feeds, and protects. And, and uh, I'll try to point that out as we go through uh, as well. Um, So here you have all three terms applied to the same people. The elders from Ephesus. So overseer or bishop, elder, and pastor or shepherd um, all refer to the same function. Same office. Let me let me give you one more before we uh, before we wrap it up here. Okay, turn over to First Peter, chapter five. 1 Peter, chapter five. And let's see, verse 1. Here, This is Peter instead of Paul, obviously, um, <clears throat> writing here in his epistle. He says, The elders who are among you, I exhort. Now, I'm, you know, he's talking, Peter Sam, I'm talking specifically here to the elders of the church. The elders who, that's the word presbuteros. The elders who are among you, I exhort. I who am a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God. There's the word pastor again. It's it's uh, in the verb form. Uh, the reason I didn't say it is because I don't want to mispronounce it. But uh, of course, I guess, you know. Maybe I could get away with it. <laughs> I didn't have that one right in front of me, and I didn't want to mispronounce it. But, uh, but I, you know, probably not pronouncing it right, even when I think I'm pronouncing it right. So, doesn't matter a whole lot, does it? Uh, you know, actually, when, with the... Uh, Koine Greek, which is the language the New Testament's written in, is a dead language. So nobody's really sure about some of the pronunciation. Uh, you know, it's different than, than modern, modern Greek. Okay. That's what I'm looking for. Poimino. Yeah, poimino. It's just, a, a, again, the verb form, which is used a couple times, but the noun form on, only in Ephesians 4.11. But it's it's the word for pastor or shepherd. So, again, he says, verse 2, shepherd or pastor, you could say, the flock of God. He's got it there in mind. Lead, feed, and protect. The flock of God which is among you. So, first, verse 1, the, the elders. He's, he's addressing the elders. Here's what I want you to do, elders. Shepherd the flock. This is what elders do. Shepherd the flock of God which is among you, serving as overseers. So, again, you've got all three terms referring to the same people. And, again, my, my main point here is just to show you that these terms are synonymous. So, as you're reading through... The New Testament. If you see the 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 word elder or elders or pastor or overseer, referring to the same office. That's why the uh, the uh, Baptist Faith Message, for example, that we just read a moment ago, doesn't say there there are uh, overseers, elders, and pastors and deacons, (laughs) because those first three are are the same office. So it just says there are pastors and there are deacons. There are two, uh, scriptural, uh, uh, offices, functions, I like to say, um, in the, in the local body. Pastors, or you could say overseers and deacons, or you could say elders and deacons. Alright? So, synonymous terms. So what we're going to be talking about here, we come back next week, uh, we'll look at the function of an elder which is a pastor, which is an overseer, uh, and then after that, uh, the function of a deacon. Now, the way I listed it out here, A and B, there's a reason I did this. Um, a, church leadership. That, the, the office of elder is a, is a leadership role. The office of deacon is a servant Role, not not a leadership role. It's a servant role. I mean, there's a sense in which you could say, you know, obviously, uh, to be to be a good servant, would you would be setting example, wouldn't you? You'd be you'd be leading in a sense. But but it is not a uh, it is not a governing role. It's not a teaching role. Um, so uh, so I divided them up that way: church leadership and church servant. The elder, our pastor, our overseer, leads, feeds, and protects. The deacon, and of course it would be a while before we get to that one, probably not even next week, but the deacon serves. Serves. Those, historically, are the two offices. Again, I like to say functions. You know, there's a lot of baggage that comes with the word office. I don't want you to think... It's commonly used. I've I've not been fond of using it because uh, I I don't like giving the impression that we're talking about like military ranks here (laughs) or something like that. Uh, And and the way it's laid out here in 1 Timothy 3 is uh, in regard to, and the other passage we just read, is in regard to function. Here's what you do. Peter says, elders, shepherd, pastor, shepherd the flock of God. So, Alright, so those are uh, three synonymous terms for the same office, and then the other office is deacon. So you've got leadership in the elder, slash overseer, slash pastor, and then service in uh, the role of deacon, the function of deacon. Any questions on that? Is clear as mud to everybody? <laughs> All right, well, if really, uh, you know, we'll, we'll plan to talk about this next week, obviously, because we, we didn't get very far in verse uh, three in, in chapter 3 here. So if you got questions, make a note of them, and, uh, be, you know, we'll, we'll be glad to take a look at it and go over it. Um, and then we'll get into uh, talking about the function and talking about the qualifications for each one. One thing that uh, might be a good little homework assignment, because you probably noticed when we were reading through those, you know, the qualifications for uh, overseer, and then, and then right under that, qualifications for deacon. Sounded very similar, didn't they? Very similar. Anybody notice that? To, to, yeah, but like I say, I would I wouldn't want to make it too much of a, a, a mystical thing. Uh, two things have to happen. Number one, you got to recognize it. In other, in other words, if you're the one, you know, and you say, "Well, I feel I feel like uh, I've got this desire," like Paul says, to to stretch forward. That is to to reach out to be an overseer. So you know we say the calling I'm, i feel called to be a pastor i feel called to be an elder so two things have to happen first of all you got to recognize it secondly church has to recognize it and and those things those things work together um i mean you, I, you could you could just wake up one morning and do that but if if everybody in the church is saying hmm we don't, we don't think you're you know gifted then then it'd be worth taking a second look um so but, you know God takes takes care of that but two, those two things have to happen the person being called has to recognize the calling and then the church has to recognize the calling that's what the uh, that's that's the as i understand it that's the purpose behind the ordination service Again, it's not really something like mystical in an ordination service, but the ordination service is the church saying, we recognize God's call on this person. And uh, those two things have to be there. Sometimes it doesn't all come at once. Uh, The the, the oddest story I heard, I think, along those lines was, uh, I think it was Criswell. Uh, It was... pastor First Baptist in Dallas for a long, long time. I don't know. <laughs> long time. Famous preacher. But the church, you know, somebody in the church got up at a business meeting and said, you know, we want to call him as pastor because they had recognized the gifting in him. And he stood up and said, no, I'm not called to do that. And then others stood up and said, yes, you are. We, we see it. And he wound up taking it, and uh he had a pretty good run over there, didn't he? from what i yeah he from what I've heard he was a powerful preacher and and uh a great pastor but you know he didn't even know it at the time I mean, but uh, God used the church to to uh make him aware of it. pretty amazing, isn't it? What are you saying, Leslie? Am I out of time? Why are you doing this <laughs> <laughs> So I didn't hear that last part. Okay, I got you. You're talking about the second half of the He Desires Epithume. Yeah. Yeah, I see now. What you talking Yeah, good point. Good thing to point out. So, yeah, he uses two different words there to describe the desire. But I, but I do think, you know, sometimes we, we uh, this is all I was trying to get at. Sometimes we, we try to, uh, I, people say all the time, well, I'm, I don't have any gifts. I don't know what my gifts are. And, and a lot of times you can see them, you can see their gifts. <laughs> they just that what they don't understand is they' they're trying to look for something uh unusual or something you know they don't understand they uh, I've said this about the offices as well uh, uh quoting a friend of mine um a, a pastor is somebody who is one you, god and, and you could say that about all kinds of other gifts too in the church um, People just do what they what God has built into them, what they naturally do. They just don't recognize it as a spiritual gift, and it is. You know, I mean, if if it's a good thing, obviously, you know what I'm saying. The 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 like maybe somebody is just really loves to pray for people, or maybe somebody just uh, really loves to go around encouraging uh, people, or calling them on the phone, or whatever it is, and saying, hey, uh, like like a Brother Ron was talking about the, the, the other day. Maybe they just like to call people and say, Hey, how's your walk with the Lord going? And this and that kind of thing. All they're doing is what they enjoy doing because they love the other church members. And they're not thinking of it as a spiritual gift. But that is a spiritual gift. It's the Holy Spirit manifesting, which is all a spiritual gift is. It's a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. It's not something you know, that He gives you apart from Himself. It, it is Him working through you. Uh, so, uh, everybody Everybody in the church is gifted spiritually. Uh, all, the only distinction, what we're talking about here is leadership gifts in the local church, but everybody's gifted in some way. You know, I don't know how many times I've heard people say, well, I, I didn't get any. Yeah, yeah, you did. If you're saved, you did. <laughs> and, and other people probably see it pretty clearly. You're just not recognizing it. All right, any other? Oh, I know what I was going to say real quick, and then, then I'm done. Uh, on the qualifications, I said they're, they're real similar. Here's a little homework assignment. Take a look at them and, and, and look for a distinction. Look for a difference between the qualifications for elder and the qualifications for deacon. So, next week, if I say, what's, what's the difference here? And qualifications for a pastor and a deacon. Everybody should know. <laughs> Alright, let's pray. Father, we do thank You for Your Word. And Lord, thank You for uh, Your work in us. You do gift Your church. You gift Your people, Lord, by giving us Yourself. By Your indwelling presence. Manifest in love, joy, peace long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, self-control. Lord, so many ways that you you, uh, work in us and through us. Lord, help us to desire more. Help us to be um, eager, willing to be used by you for your glory. We pray as we go through these passages that you give us understanding. Lord, that we may uh, be concerned to operate in the order that, that you have uh, established, and again, for your glory, so that you, you get the glory in all things, so that we are effective in uh, edifying one another, so that we are effective in reaching out with the gospel, Lord, so that we may um, have a greater vision of you. Do all these things, we ask. Again, for your honor and glory, in Christ's name, amen.
0: This sermon is made available through the ministry of Fillmore Baptist Church in Princeton, Louisiana. Our desire is to faithfully proclaim the message of salvation, which God has provided in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ our Lord. For more resources and information, please visit our website at www.fillmorebaptist.org. You may use the links there to contact us. Or write us at Fillmore Baptist Church, 6304, Highway 80, Princeton, Louisiana, 71067.